You're listening to the Wally Local History Podcast, researched, written, and narrated by Jean Lord. This episode is kindly sponsored by the Wally Local History Group. If you're enjoying listening to this podcast, please click to follow to ensure that you're notified of each new episode. Inspirational Woman of Wally, Marion Sycamore. Marion, named Elsie Marion after her mother, was born on the 30th of July 1931 to Elsie Driver and James Glenthorne Smith, who were weavers in Irby. When she was two, they moved to the Pack Horse Inn and farm at Hebden Bridge, as her grandma Martha's sister was moving out and Grandma thought it was a good chance for two of her sons to take over the licence. Uncle Irvin moved with them. This must have been a wrench for them, as they were used to the noise and community life of weavers, to the rural and quiet life of an inn and farm miles from anyone and everything they knew. However, they would not have dreamed of going against Grandma Martha, a formidable woman who taught Marion right from wrong and, amongst other things, how to clean shoes properly, a thoroughly decent woman by all accounts. She must have passed those genes on to Marion. Soon after they took over, the workers who were building the reservoir moved as work had finished and this had a dramatic effect in two ways. One, beer sales fell and two, the shanty towns that held the workers were pulled down, and rats from there swarmed over the moors and the pack horse in. Marion's mother was afraid to put Marion to bed, as rats were running up and down the curtains and even eating them. No running water, cold water was pumped in and heated with a boiler at the side of a big black range next to the fire. It was a farm and a public house, so very hard work, seven days a week, and a two-year-old to look after. Marion's mother would start to bake very early for customers who would walk or come on pony and trap, so bad weather days and no customers meant at least they ate well themselves. Grandma and Grandad always there to lend a hand. This continued for a year or two, living from hand to mouth. Marion was now coming up to school age, and decisions needed to be made about this farm. Over the moors near Nelson was a farm called Coldwell Inn. Better land, and Marion would only have three miles to walk to school. So Uncle Irvin stayed on at Packhorse until a replacement could be found, which took two years and Marion's parents took over Coldwell Inn. Marion arrived there on a wagon loaded with sleepers, as furniture had been moved bit by bit by horse and cart. Due to the terrain and weight going downhill, the brakes failed, and carried on down, bouncing from side to side, until it ran down into a ravine and overturned in the stream at the bottom. Marion can remember screaming in terror, but they were all lucky to escape with cuts and bruises and were able to walk the next few miles to Caldwell. Marion would be happier here 
because there were other children at nearby farms, so someone to walk to the primary school in Nelson with. Happy to have friends, but not happy to go to sit inside the school all day. She was an outdoor girl, and she and her best friend Kathleen from another farm were known as tomboys. The animals on the farm were her friends. There was Bob, the horse, Nell, the dog, a few cats, cows and calves. The cats were her babies. She put them in a box and played with them until Uncle Irvin, who had now joined them at the farm, put wheels on the box so she could now have a pram to push them around in. One school holiday on Marion's birthday, Dad came home with a puppy. It was a border collie. At last she had something of her own, and it would mean she would leave the old dog Nell alone. She decided to call the puppy Shep. They went everywhere together. When Shep started to get big, Marion thought big enough for her to ride on its back. So, with sticks and strings, she made a bridle. And that's what she did. She rode on his back along the tarmac road, sliding her clogs on the road and down to the sweet shop about a mile away to spend her Sunday penny. When she went to her friend's farm, they would go to get the big farm horse from the field, take it alongside a wall and all three children ride it back to the farm. Marion was to experience her first heartbreak. As she had started school, her shadow and friend Shep had started to roam away from the farm and running over the moors with other dogs worrying sheep. And after trying to rehome him with no success, he was put to sleep. Now Marion was getting the idea of having her own pony. She asked Dad if she could have one, but he said no, they hadn't money for that. A horse and cart used to pass by each day, so she asked the man how much he wanted for the pony. He said five pounds, so Marion went to ask her dad, who said, put three fingers up, he'll know what you mean. So she ran back and did that, but the man just rode away. Next, she tried to ride their old sow. It was sleeping, and she got on its back. Who got the biggest shock, she didn't know, because it shot off and so did she. When Marion was seven, her dad let her try her hand at milking and let her try on Cherry, the milking cow. She got on so well that eventually this became her job. One day, Dad said a new horse was coming, as old Bob had died. When she arrived, Marion was allowed to name her, so she called her Peggy. A gentle horse, not as big as Bob the cart horse, so Marion was allowed to ride on her back when she was working in the field. Muck spreading or chain harrowing, which was breaking up lumps in the field. This too became Marion's job. It was now wartime, and on a shopping trip into Nelson one day, they came across a group of evacuees who had come from Manchester to the rural area for safety, as Manchester was being bombed continuously. 
the group leader was trying to get people to take children into their own homes. Marion's mother agreed to take two, Joan and Lily, so now Marion had two friends to play with at home. Joan was lovely and kind. Lily was a bit different and didn't settle, so ended up leaving. Marion was learning to share, a new experience for her. The talk around the table was that they would have to move again, as the farm was starting to pollute the stream and the brewery decided to close it. After much searching, the brewery offered Marion's dad the Gamecock Inn at Great Harwood. This was a much better class of pub and 36 acres of better land and much to Marion's excitement, a buzz went past the door every hour. She could not wait to use this. However, it was now decided that now it was 1942 and things were quietening down, it was safe enough for Joan to move back home, so they had to say their goodbyes. She is now 11 years old. Life now became a bit more interesting for Marion. Still not interested in school, still plenty of jobs for her on this new farm, some of them easier because it was more modern. Fitted carpets and shiny tables that just needed a wipe down and chrome appliances, no black leading to do. There were soldiers stationed at Morton Hall, and this was their local, so there was singing and dancing and lively chatter. A concert pianist was one of the soldiers, and this inspired Marion so much she started to have piano lessons. Later, refugees were at Morton Hall, but as they had very little money, takings were down in the pub. Marion's dad took a job as a wagon driver to supplement the farm, working early mornings on the farm, going to work, then working the farm in the evening. Marion and her mother ran the pub and farm with a little help from a young woman who, once Marion's dad had gone wagon driving, meaning she had to pull her weight, didn't go down well and she left. As I have said, Marion would ride on the farm animals, and this included Cherry, the milking cow. Word got around about this, and after the war, there was an event at Accrington Cricket Field called Wings for Victory, and Marion was invited to perform at the event. She set off on Cherry around the field, carrying a signed cricket bat, drumming up purchases for the raffling of it. Cherry, who had never been out of the farm, was doing quite well when a steam train hooted as it passed and Cherry reacted to it by throwing Marion off. Her dad came to the rescue, a tearful Marion, but said, "'No, get back on. Nothing is affected except your pride. You have made people smile, so finish the job.'" The usual wise words from Dad, and that is what she did. She was still longing for this pony. So with this in mind, she went without pocket money to raise 100-day-old chicks with a view to selling them in six months' time. 
She did, and the profit went into her pony savings account. They got a donkey and cart for the fieldwork, which was Marion's job. It arrived already named Peter, but as it was a girl, Marion renamed it Petronella, so they could still call it Peter for short, with an explanation in place. She worked the field with the donkey and cart, and when Peter decided to lie down, she would entice him up, get on his back and ride him. Later, when her dad had converted an old car into a kind of tractor, she sold the donkey and bought more chicks, raised them, sold them and added to her pony account. One morning, Marion's dad woke her up early and told her they were going to Oswaltwistle to look at a pony. She was so excited, and when they got there, she saw the most beautiful, black, shiny pony she had ever seen. She was in heaven when she knew it was hers, and she rode beauty all the way back on the roads, passing workmen who were digging, the odd car, and wagons without any problem at all. A new puppy came into her life about this time, a sheepdog. But since they had no sheep, it was supposed to round up cattle, but wasn't very good at this, but became another companion for Marion. The three of them would ride the roadways, tracks and fields around the area in spare time away from her duties on the farm. A man from a farm nearby had a pony and he wanted his cattle rounding up, so Robert, his pony, came to live at Gamecock and Marion rode it, too, to round up next door's cattle. Marion used to go to Great Harwood Cinema to see the cowboy films and love Roy Rogers and his horse Trigger, who could stand on his hind legs. She started to train Robert to do that, and was successful. A Mr Hindley, who lived in a big manor house locally, invited Marion to go up to meet his little boy, who had a pony but could not ride. Marion agreed and went along. The pony was beautiful chestnut, but too big for the child, who asked Marion if he could ride her pony and she his. She was only too pleased to agree. In 1946, her dad heard of a pony being sold in Dinkley, so Marion set off to see it. A Mr Gates was selling, and when Marion met him, they were discussing her riding ability, and she told him how Robert could stand on his hind legs, and he said, show me. She gave the command, and up went Robert, but she had forgotten that she had put on a double bridle that morning, which she had been given, but not tried out properly. Whilst on his hind legs and Marion pulling to control, the extra pull pulled Robert over and he came down on top of Marion. She couldn't ride home and Mr Gates had to drive her back. She was extremely lucky not to be badly injured. However, she did get the pony. Her mum stepped in and organised it. 
On one of the rides out, she passed through Mr Swale's farm at Martholm and talked to his groom, one William Selwyn Sycamore. This happened on several occasions, and one bonfire night she was invited to the farm's bonfire and spent the evening talking with William. Marion was now 16. This was the start of a four-year courtship until their marriage in 1951. They lived at the Gamecock, and now, to save for their own home, Marion added to the purse by getting a job at Brook Bond Oxall Factory in Great Harwood. As the bus went past the door to the factory, it was very convenient. However, it got Marion into work a few minutes late each day. She was summoned to the office and told if she could not get in on time, she would lose her job. Not to be beaten, she got a bicycle and cycled there, which solved the problem. The pair now started to save in earnest for their own home. In 1952, their son Kevin was born. Marion was already running a riding school from the Gamecock and appearing at events. When Kevin was about four and coming up to school age, Marion, who was now able to drive, moved to the schoolhouse at Whistle, and Kevin only had to go next door to school. About the same time, in 1956, her dad advertised the contents, animals and farm implements of the Gamecock Inn and Farm for sale. Never not working for long, Marion was walking dogs in Whistle when Mrs Annie Woods of Whistle Hall Farm stopped her and said, as she knew Marion could drive, would she like a job driving the milk cart? Of course, Marion agreed, and later can be found in the newspaper serving tea at WI meetings. Her husband, Bill, was employed by a haulage firm for several years until he was appointed by Blackburn Brewery, Thwaites, in 1960, as head horseman to deliver beer by horses again for the first time for 33 years. Life carried on in Whistle until the opportunity came up to manage Highfield Farm at Wheelton. They were there for several years. Marion ran the Wheelton and District Pony Club from there. The owner of the farm had an interest in Shire horses and was invited to the Midwest and Western United States for a farming tour from the 27th of September to the 14th of October, 1970. Bill didn't want to go, but Marion jumped at the opportunity and made her first flight in an aeroplane. Marion's mother and father had died within six months of each other in 1964-65 and were living in a little cottage they had purchased at 11 King Street in Worley. It was let for many years until Marion and Bill decided to move there when the owner of Highfield Farm died. Now was the time for them to spend some quality time together. They travelled all over Lancashire, Yorkshire and Cheshire at weekends whilst Bill went back to driving. Marion started her riding club. 
Bill died in 1994. We can only imagine how Marion felt, but Kevin was there for her, and very soon she was pulling herself together. I can imagine her thinking to herself, what would Dad say? Come on, girl, still lots to be done. So she started pet-sitting and house-sitting. Someone mentioned, had she thought of rent-a-mother? Through an agency, she went off for a month to London, where she looked after three children, one toddler, a dog, a cat, two cars, which she used to take the children to school whilst the parents had gone to Switzerland. Marion had always loved begonias and never wanted to do anything by halves, she started to show at flower shows like Southport. Her garden and greenhouse dedicated to those blooms, which she carries on to this day at the age of 92. A member of Clitheroe Camera Club mentioned an event and she will no doubt produce a DVD on it. Always wanting to keep up with the times, she joined the Silver Surface Club in Warley to get to grips with computing. Here, she met up with a lady running the club who encouraged her to start writing. To date, she has now written three books which have been published, each about her memories. One is Os Bob and Dog Nell, her horse and dog, mentioned earlier. Os meaning the old farming way of saying horse. Pet stories from her pet-sitting days and ladies-in-waiting about her mares in full. I have read these books and can say Marion is a natural storyteller. She is now on her fourth, which is Galloping Through Time, of which this podcast is a preview. All profits from her books go to local charities. She is a member of Wally Lyons, a baker, and knitter, and her lemon curd had won gold at local shows. And if she is not doing anything above, she is visiting friends who cannot get around or ringing them for a chat. She has recently joined a gym and encouraging the ladies there to listen to her story on podcast. I am in awe of this lady. I am not fit to lick her boots even though I know they will be spotless after her training by Grandma Martha. There are so many more stories about Marion, which I encourage you to read in our up-and-coming book. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to know more, please go to Worley Local History, the Facebook group, and ask to join. And if you're in Worley or visiting Worley, please go to Worley Old Grammar School where we have a heritage room. In there you'll find lots of photos and information about Worley local history. See you next time.